Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Are you ready for the word this morning? Amen, amen. So welcome to Faith Assembly Church. Uh, whether you are here at Winterville or at our online campus, we are so excited to worship with you, and we love that you're here, and we love this opportunity to connect with you. And as you heard in the opening of the service, if you haven't yet, if you're new, please take an opportunity to grab one of those Connect cards off the seat back in front of you. If you're joining online, there is a Connect card, a digital Connect card in the chat there. You can get connected with us that way. Um, but I, you know, I love this moment every week. Now, mind you, this is not the sum total of ministry, right? This is, this is a thing that I get to do as an outflow of other ministries. But I love this moment each week when we come together and we get, to, we get together around the, the table of the Lord, we break the bread of life, and we share scriptural kingdom principle with each other. And uh, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's more encouraging, sometimes it's more challenging. I know last week's word was probably a challenge for you. And uh, I pray that that is still resonant in your heart, that you're digging into your word, and that you're understanding more of the principle of God, the truth of Scripture. And, uh, but you know what? Here's what I'm keenly aware of week after week after week. And that is that you have not come into this place to hear the counsel that flows from the wisdom of man. No, you're, you're not here to hear a pep talk. You're not here to receive encouragement from the depth of my understanding or my wisdom, but you are here today to hear a word from the Lord, aren't you? Yeah. Amen. And, and I, I think it is the most important task to hear from the Lord for a message for this congregation and to be aptly prepared to come to this moment and to share with you. So I, I, I understand that the depth of my wisdom before God is foolishness and that, that I can dig as deep as I want to and still come up dry as far as a means of, of sustenance for your spiritual well-being. So I count it just the, the most important task to hear from the Lord. And as I sought the Lord for a word for this day, I sensed in my spirit the Lord asking me to remind you of a word that I've shared with you often. So you might say, well, Pastor, I've heard you preach similar words before. So no, I, I really have sought the Lord this morning. And today, without hesitation, I want to share with you a message that I've entitled an urgent invitation. An urgent invitation. And I, I'm, not really, uh, I'm not really a fan of those who call a great deal of hype to situations that merit none. Um, I, I watch people's social media feeds, especially some fellow pastors sometimes, and I'm like, mm, that would be really neat if it was happening. But it's not. And, and I, don't, I don't do that. I, I just, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm of the... Uh, you know, there, you look at these things, there's no depth to their claim, there's no substance to their boast. And, you know, I'm of the, I'm, I am a man of faith, but I am a realist. Right? I mean, either God has done something praiseworthy or he hasn't, 
but in either case, he doesn't need me to give an excuse why he has or has not or create the illusion that something wonderful has happened when in fact nothing has. I believe there's a great value in honesty on all levels. And, and I believe one thing that drives unchurched people away is the, is the sense that a lot of people in the church have lost touch with reality. And, and I, I, am, I am, as I said, first and foremost a man of faith and principle, but beyond that I am a staunch realist. Therefore, it is in all sincerity that I say to you that if there's ever been a time that I would consider a miracle year, it's this year that you and I are living in. It's this year that you and I are worshiping in. It's this year that you and I are serving in. And you say, well, Pastor, why do you say that? Well, if you attend exclusively one service or the other, as we have two Sunday morning services here, two, two Sunday morning opportunities to come together for fellowship, this may not resonate with you as you're looking around and surveying things, but I can tell you from factual data, this is what's happening in our church. Um, as I said, if you're attending one service or the other, you may not see this. But in a season when all of the pundits and the people that talk about things that are going on in church and in church life and what's happening over here and what's happening over there are talking about the decline of the church due to all of these extenuating circumstances, I'm pleased to stand here and tell you that at this point in 2023, we're at a 35% increase in attendance than what we were in 2022, uh, 2021. Yeah, I'm in a bad way. It's at the end of the year. I'm starting to plan for 23, right? And like, seems like last year was 22, but this is 22. So, um, and I still feel like it's like 96-ish. So, you know, it's, it's kind of tricky there. But we are, in 2022, 35% higher in weekly attendance than we were in 2021 at this point. Right? So, and, and, and here's the thing. We're believing God for greater things still. Week after next, we're going to launch a, a prayer initiative. We've already mentioned it to you, but we're believing God that in the 90 days between the beginning of September and the end of November, that we're going to see 90 souls come to know Jesus. How many of you believe that? How, how many of you think there's any more important thing that the church ought to concern itself with than the salvation of the lost? Right? Now, um, our, our ministries have grown, and in some cases they've outgrown some of the venues in which they're housed. And as a shepherd, I see people growing in their relationship with the Lord, in their depth of understanding of the things of God. And I just rejoice in that and give God glory for that. And there are a few reasons I believe that, you know, if you want good things to continue happening, you not only have to study the, the, the obstacles that are in the way, but you have to understand the good things that are causing them to happen. And here's a couple of things I believe with all my heart that are the single greatest factors for this blessing uh, that we're continuing to see. And I believe that as we gather in this place week to week, you and I, and we hold this community before the throne of God and we ask him to move, I believe that he's hearing and he's honoring that prayer. So we cannot in any means dismiss the divine and the intervention of God in our situation. But as much as God wants to intervene, we have to be available. 
for him to work through and for him to move through. And beyond that, I attribute this such a blessing to two things. Number one is the willingness of this church corporately to move in obedience to the voice of God. Seeking to discern his will and move accordingly. That's number one. Number two is I attribute this blessing, this increase, this harvest that we're seeing to the willingness and the obedience of many of you as individuals taking seriously the charge of Christ to go out and compel them to come in. Now, I cannot begin to tell you the number of times over this past year throughout 2022 that I've met someone new, that I've been praying with someone at the altar, they've been surrendering their heart to the Lord, and afterwards you begin to talk to them, and they say, yeah, well, I'm, I am here, and I'm thankful for what's going on in my life, and my name is, and this person invited me to church today. This person invited me to church today. Listen, you have been faithful to compel them to come in, and I want to encourage you with that practice today. So if you have your Bible with you, I want you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel, the 14th chapter, and we're going to skip over some of the elements of this parable today uh, because for time's sake, we just can't include it all. But I want to highlight some things for you. If you've got your spot there in Luke chapter 14, however you access the scripture, would you just shout amen? And we're going to jump, amen. We're going to jump in together here at verse 16. And it says, then he said to them, he being Jesus, then he said to, to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. And the first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it, and I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them and I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you've commanded and there is still room. And then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I want to point out several elements of this feast. Number one, I want to point to the host. The most, the most key factor, the most key component here is the host. And it says, And a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. This certain man in this narrative doubtless represents for us God the Father. And it says here that this man has given a great feast. Now this feast is great in its size, its capacity to accommodate, its capacity to receive into the gathering, the fold. You may look around, it doesn't matter what the number of chairs are in this place. It doesn't matter what capacity this place is filled to. Understand this, there is always room for more at the cross of Jesus Christ. There's always room for more in the Father's house. There's always a greater capacity to receive. Not only is it great in its size, but it's also great in its substance. It, it's this, as we're going to see, this, 
great feast that's been prepared, it's, there's a fullness, there's a completeness in the provision. That leads me to the second element I want to point out today, and that is the provision. It says, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for now all things are ready. Throughout the Old Testament, as you and I read, there's an invitation that's there. There's an invitation that is standing for the people of God. Isaiah 1, uh, the word of the Lord says to the people, Come, now let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And the master of this great feast, God the Father, who has forever invited his people to come and through the, through the petition of sacrifice and offering and burnt offering, to to come and to get things right now says there's a provision that is finally complete would you come now for all things are ready this represents for us the completion of the atoning work of Christ provision for the salvation of man is now complete it's no longer dependent upon the blood blood of bulls and goats and oxen and turtle doves but through the shed blood of Jesus Christ All things have been made complete. Understand this. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the fountain of life-giving water. Jesus is the one who satisfies our mouths with good things. He is the one who satisfies and fills the thirsting and hungering for righteousness that is in our lives. And the Father sends out the message, and we herald the message week after week after week. Come, for now, all things are ready. I want to encourage you today, whether you're in this house or whether you're watching online, that if you've been holding out, if you've been holding back, if you've been holding off because you feel like there's something that's not together in your life, understand this, it was never contingent upon you to get it all together before things could be made complete and whole in your life. God had a plan from the foundations of the earth that it'll spotless lamb of God would be slain and his blood be offered the propitiation for our sins and it is done Jesus hung on the cross he spread his arms and he called out it is finished and it is complete the work is done and today by faith you and I can come and we can receive grace and mercy at the foot of the cross there's the invitation It is finished. The work is complete. I love the word of the old hymn that says Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and die. With his manna he doth feed and supply our every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. And the refrain of that song says, Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry call it now. Come and dine. Come and dine. That's not a one-time affair. That's not a twice-in-your-life kind of thing, but that's an everyday thing that, that the Lord spreads a table for you and I. And he invites us into his presence and he invites us into his provision and he refreshes us and he restores us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He makes me to lie down in the green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And he satisfies my life. He satisfies my heart with good things. And, and, and let me tell you something. Here is an all too common reaction to, to the invitation of the Lord to come and to be a partaker of what he's prepared for us. And it says, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. And I asked to have, I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to test them and I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. And many have and to this day do reject the invitation of the gospel. They're too caught up in this life. They're caught, carried away with its cares. And as we see here in this invitation that's gone out, this narrative that's here before us, it says that it grieved the heart of the host and it angered him it angered him that he had been rejected but praise God that he didn't get stymied or stalled out or hung up on his anger because I, I, I've got to speak to the Christian. I've got to speak to the body of Christ here for just a minute because we live in a society that is socially, politically, on almost any kind of place you can divide things, divided, polarized over issues and subject matter. And, and in the church, it's so easy for us to look outside at those people who have rejected the gospel and we can we can very quickly turn our attention away from the individual for whom Jesus died and categorize them in a dismissive fashion as belonging to those people and we are God's people and they are those people and we ball all up and we want to we want to separate and we want to disconnect and we want to say well if they're over there then forget them we're in here we're at the table we're enjoying the presence of God and if they don't want to know forget them but the master of the feast teaches us something different. Even though he was a little, you know, taken aback by the rejection of the invitation, he didn't stop there. He said, well, if those people don't want to know or don't want to come, don't want to partake, that's okay. I'll deal with them later. But the, the, the business of the hour is for you now to go out and ask some more people, some different people. You go out into the highways and the hedges and you find them and invite them and compel them to don't let the divisiveness of the hour cause you to lose sight don't let the anger that stirred in you cause you to lose sight of the need for the master's house to be filled go out and compel them to come in this is something that a lot of believers don't, don't know how to appropriately process we, we become jaded when we encounter people who don't believe like us we, we become defensive at the idea that not everyone thinks and feels the same way about things that we do. 
and we draw back into our corners and we, we huddle in our walls and we say, well, if they don't want to know about it, then just forget them. But I want to tell you something today, church, that is not the heart of the Father. That is not the heart of the Father. He, he sends these people out with a renewed invitation. If they don't want to come, I'll deal with them later. But keep going. Keep it going. That's not what we're here for. We, we need to go out. I've got a supply, and I'm willing to give it to whosoever will. It's not limited to the people that first heard it. It can go out to the, to the people who've never had this invitation before. Go out and compel them to come in. It's not going to hinder the mission just because somebody said no. I believe too often times we get shot down, shut up that way is that we go out, we, we hear a message like this at church and you know we're sitting there and we say, I want to share my faith with somebody. And, and we go to work Monday morning and we begin to talk to that most vulgar person we can find that's vile and seems so undone. And you know, hey, if you're going to go big, go big, right? So, so you, you go after that and they're in the hardness there or just whatever the flamboyance of their personality, they'll shut you down and, and because you get shot down one time, you just kind of shrink back a little bit and you, no, 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 don't do that. Ask somebody else. Ask somebody, keep on asking, keep on knocking. Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed, the lame and the blind. There was still room for more and there's room at the cross today for so many more. And there was a compulsion. Now, this is where I want to really drill down today. And then the master said to, said to the servants, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house be filled. I want you to notice he didn't say, go out and offer them a nonchalant, half-hearted invitation. Go, go out and give them some tepid, lukewarm, kind of feeling it, kind of not speech about how nice it would be to sit. No, he says, go out and compel. Go and compel. That word compel means to necessitate, to constrain from a root that means by implication, distress. Can I tell you, church, that the people that you see around you who obviously are not living lives as people of faith are on their way according to Scripture. Not my condemnation, not my judgment, but according to Scripture, they are on their way to a godless eternity full of darkness and torment and suffering. There is an urgency in this hour. There is an urgency in this hour that not one more would face a godless eternity, at least not without the invitation from the child of God to come and say, come and see. Come and see a man who, who knew all about my sin, but loved me anyway. Come and, come and see, come and find something in the presence of the Lord that will sustain and will satisfy you in a way that nothing else in your life has ever been able to sustain or satisfy you before. Very matter-of-factly, it indicates an urgency and it gives a sense of desperation. And for the soul that has never seen that the Lord is good, it is indeed a desperate situation that they would taste and see that He is good. And the concluding element I want to share with you from this narrative, from this parable, is the servant. 
And the servant in this parable is not some biblical character, although it is in application here, I mean, in, in fact here, but in application, it's you and I. It's you and I. It's our responsibility to go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. And Jesus has commissioned you and I to go with an urgency. We are to go with an urgency to compel people to come in. You say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't really know enough about the Roman road or I don't know enough about the principles of Scripture. I don't really know enough about the gospel to really feel qualified. Listen, that's hogwash. I mean, if we can just be that plain this morning, that's, that's just, that's a lie of the adversary to come against you. Because when a man who was healed of blindness was called in to testify against Jesus, he had a witness. He had a witness, and his witness was very simply this. Whether this man is good or bad or who he says he is or not, I don't know. But what I do know is this. I once was blind. But now I see. And, and I wonder how many of you there are here today who could say, I too once was blind. I too was once blind, but now I see. I mean, come on. I once was blind. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And you know, that's an incredible testimony to say, you know what? My, my sin was no different than yours. I mean, I've never done crack. Never, never done any drugs. Never, but my sin is no different. And there's a resonance in my story with the story of any person who doesn't know Jesus. And that is come and see. Come and see because what he's done for me he can do for you. Your, 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 your case is not more difficult for him to break through than mine was. Your heart is no harder for him to soften than mine was. And what he's done for me, he can do for you. And it's that simple. And church, we need to capitalize on the opportunity in these days to go out in the highways and the hedges and compel him to come in. As you're leaving church today, we want to we want to partner with you. We want to put tools and resources in your hand. But we've got some invite cards that are uh, prepared. They'll be out in the in the lobby when you're leaving today. And it just simply says what it says: Come and join us for church. You're invited to join us, Faith Assembly Church. Sundays at nine or ten forty-five. Wednesdays at seven o'clock. All of the schedules there. They can scan the QR code, plan, fill out the plan of visit form online, let us know they're coming, whatever. But we want you to grab maybe five, ten. We don't, we don't want you to grab enough to line the trunk of your car with and just leave them there. We want you to grab as many as you will prayerfully consider and say, Lord, as you give me faith, I am going to prayerfully consider inviting 10 people to church.
20 people to church. I don't care if you take 50 if you're going to use them. But we want to put this tool, this resource in your hand to maybe be able to talk to somebody and start conversation. I'm not saying go stand on the street corner at random strangers, but I mean, just if you want, hey, if God leads, do it. But as you're, as you're talking with people about the things of the Lord and you're sharing your faith, say, hey, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but, and I'm trying to grow. Would you come and grow with me? Come and grow. Here's a little information about my church. I'll save you a seat on Sunday. We'll get a cup of coffee. We'll go, we'll go in. It's going to be great. Okay, so grab some of these on the way out and, and help us invite people in because here's the thing, we're believing God for a miracle of 90 souls in 90 days. That, that will not happen because of the dynamic preaching on Sunday morning to the same group of people. I mean, unless you all want to get saved again. But I don't know that that really counts. I want to invite you to stand and earlier today you were served sacraments as you came in if you have those in hand would you just take those right now and and you can go ahead and begin figuring out how to get that cellophane off the top because in a moment we're gonna come to a fairly serious point here and I don't want you distracted If you didn't get one of those communion sets on the way in, would you raise your hand wherever you're at? I want to be sure you're served. Our ushers are moving through right now. You got one at the end. See. Sometimes we get caught up in our churchese. It's, it's, when you hear me say churchese, it's a special language that people who've been in church all their lives speak that really nobody else knows what we're saying. You know, it's just a, kind of like a native tongue kind of thing. But historically in the church, we would call this time of communion gathering around the Lord's table. You ever heard that? Oh, this morning, bless God, we're going to come. We're going to gather around the Lord's table. And, and we serve wafers, bread, and we serve juice. They're symbolic of something, though. They're, they're sacraments that remind us. The bread reminds us of... The bread reminds us of a body that was broken. And the cup of juice reminds us of blood that was shed and we're taken back 2,000 years in our in our recollections and we see Calvary afresh and we see the sacrifice of Jesus brand new and we're reminded that we are the products of grace that we are no longer strangers and foreigners from a heavenly kingdom but through Christ Jesus, we have been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. And, and it's a reminder that, that week after week after week, we're not just coming and gathering in the same place and engaging in the same activities. 
we're gathering around the same table and we're enjoying the same spiritual sustenance. Here's what I want you to get a hold of this morning. Is that as you and I are gathered around the table and we're rejoicing and we're thanking God and, and we're just singing amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me there are tens of thousands of people outside these doors right here in this community as we move into other fields there will be thousands more outside those doors who need to be invited to the table we can't sit at the table in good conscience and enjoy the blessing and the favor and the goodness and the fullness and the sustenance that comes along with being seated at the table and not be concerned for those who have not yet found their place there's something about communion as we're seated together in heavenly places and we're sharing together in the provision of Christ for our lives that ought to compel us with a great urgency to go out to the highways and the hedges and share the love of Christ with the lost. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.